0: So like I'd say the Titans right now maybe have like a 40 to 45% chance, maybe a 50% chance they land D hop. That's really as high as I'm willing to go before he signs. Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast for Friday, July the 14th. I'm your host, Easton Freese, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network, and I'm joined, as always, by producer JT. JT, how are you? I'm
1: good. Happy Friday.
0: Happy Friday. That's all. Nothing else to report.
1: I really <laughs> have nothing else going on in my life right fair. now.
0: Like No, that's fair enough. Um, we got a, we got a buddy of ours going out of town, or not going out of town, leaving town. Uh, after this yes. week, so we're gonna have a little poker night tonight. Looking forward to that. Just the ubiquitous update in our lives that people could care less about, I'm sure. But yeah. um what else is there to talk about? Hey, by the way, I, I should have started with this. Sorry for those that were expecting an AFC South roundup episode today, which we were promising. um That was the plan, and then you know we we have guests lined up. They have things come up. We have to reschedule. No big deal. We're gonna have um both are Texans and Jaguars guests at least one of them on next week maybe monday maybe thursday um we're going to get them both in before training camp i'm positive about that like i've communicated with them we are planning on doing it when tbd it's either going to be this next monday or thursday or the next monday one of those three we're going to get those two shows in there because then after that it's training camp time i mean the, the not this upcoming thursday or friday But the following Friday, we're talking training 12 days. Yeah, we're there. Right. 12 days sneaking up on us. But I am not complaining. Ready for us to quit. Quit having to really uh, uh, scrape the bottom of the barrel, really, for content. I mean, that's what July is. We we were talking about how I think as we are recording this on Thursday, 104.5 is drafting their uh top villains in sports on live radio right now which is funny and easy to make fun of them for but also like what are you going to talk about like at least they're trying to be creative so i really can't knock them for that i suppose um but we do have a couple things to do today we'll we'll go get into those i think things worth talking about what do we not want to do on this show jt we're not here to waste people's time right that's not what we're here to do so we're not going to just ramble on for an hour about things that don't matter we'll talk about what we think are. Uh, topics worth discussing and then we'll get on out of here and then on Monday we'll have some more um, substantive discussion I'd imagine but one thing I wanted to bring actually two things I want to bring up before we talk about some Titans news and get out of here I don't know if you paid attention at all yesterday on the slowest day in sports on Wednesday that is we're recording on Thursday obviously Um, slow for sure but you have the ESPYs going on Uh, shout out chiefsaholic for, for getting mentioned on national television, uh, for robbing banks to get, to go to chiefs games. Very, very funny content, um, by pet McAfee there. Go check out. There's, there's a number of clips from that show that were very funny. Uh, he, he was one, my favorite joke last night. I don't know if you caught any of this, but when he was talking about the DeMar Hamlin situation, which you were in attendance for, and he was talking very somberly about how we we all witnessed something terrifying. And then it turned into something incredible. And we watched, you know, a man's life be lost and then saved on the field. And everybody's, you know, the guys on the on the bro- broadcast, Joe Buck is, Buck is trying to vamp and be as, as sensitive as possible. And then Skip Bayless is like, get that dead body off the field. We've got playoff implications. And he said, by the way, that tweet is still up. Hashtag delete the tweet, Skip. Come on. So uh, that was the best joke of that night, in my opinion. There was some sports going on, Uh, a couple, if you're in the Nashville media market and care anything about soccer, a couple of rough soccer matches last night, team USA in the gold cup, the conquer calf gold cup, go down in an upset to Panama, a stinker goes to extra or not. It goes, it goes to extra time and then goes to PKs and they lose um, in sudden death. Not great. Um, that it was the semifinals, but then even worse than that, I don't know if you've caught wind of anything that went on at Jodis park last night, JT, Apparently, um, Murphy's law was in full effect. Anything that could go wrong. Did, did you hear anything about this?
1: No, but like I, I did not, but I was thinking about going last night and now after Ooh. I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to get my reason why I shouldn't you dodged have gone, the and, bullet. And, yeah Okay. You dodged the bullet. They were
0: playing Philadelphia, I think Philadelphia union. Um, at home in Nashville. They lost either 2 0 or 3 0. It was a shutout. Apparently, Nashville had a number they came extremely close to scoring like four or five times and didn't a lot of balls off the crossbars. Um the crossbar in the upright. And uh three red cards were handed out, three penalties, one of which was called back. The refs were losing control. There was some brawling going on. The supporters section was throwing things at fans, were throwing things at the players on the field. And making utter fools of themselves. Apparently, the officiating itself was unspeakably bad. Um, I- I've not heard a single good thing. Apparently, it was a total bleep show all night long. And uh, so I-, I had to fire the tweet off this morning, like, "Hey, how was things at Giottus Park last night? Everything? Everybody have a good time? What's going on?" Um, apparently, not. Not great. Oh, speaking of not great, another very frivolous July topic I want to bring up. JT, I know you saw I tweeted like a week ago about Dennis Daly. There was that brief trend on Twitter. People were like, say, say a nice thing about X. And in sports, it was like, say a nice thing about this player, about this coach, about this team. And so I, you know, I just jumped on the bandwagon. Why not? In in bed one night at 10 p.m., I go and find a picture of Dennis Daly online. I'm like, hey, say something nice about this football player. And then pin that picture to the tweet. And I got like 150 responses to it. People were very. Don't know if you know this. People are very emotional when it comes to Dennis. They have strong opinions on Dennis Daly, and I went so far as to document who said what because I wanted to just share some of the nice things that people had to come up with or managed to come up with about Dennis Daly. So we could, you know, we we like to stay positive on this show, right? We want to spread positivity, and these are all technically nice things about Dennis Daly that I wanted to share with folks. So a couple of unique responses. Uh, These were all said by just one person. Somebody said that he helped get Todd Downing fired. Somebody said that they hope he finds a job with a team that they hate. Somebody said that they really enjoyed him when he was on the bench. Um, Maybe my favorite, most intelligent answer from at dread underscore Garcia. He said that Dennis Daly was instrumental in Arden Key's late season highlights that led to him becoming a Titan like that. That was that was smart. Somebody said 74 sacks allowed in college for Dennis Daly. Less than that in Tennessee. So that's growth technically. Somebody said that they'll never forget him. Somebody said that he played better than I would have, which is eminently true. Um, Somebody said that he's a top 5,000 player in the NFL this century. Uh, Somebody said that of all the people to ever be a Titan, he sure was one of them, which is a fact. Somebody said that, well, he did a good job at, somebody said he won't be the scapegoat anymore when this offensive line is just as bad this year, which is a take. We'll talk a little bit more about that later in the actual news segment. Somebody said that he was able to block out the noise, which is true. I mean, he got out there every week. He did not listen to the droves of fans and media constantly talking about how horrendous he was. Somebody said that he seemed like a nice guy. I mean, I spoke to him in the locker room. Perfectly nice guy. Unfortunate ball player, but nice fella. Um, somebody said that he played for the Titans, which is also a fact. And then somebody said that his taxes probably paid a teacher or firefighter salary, which is definitely true. Two people said that he played for the Gamecocks, one of which was UJT. JT. Go, Cox. Go, Cox. Um, somebody said that his name is alliterative, which is true. I don't know if it's a compliment. Two people said he never got in trouble, which is true. Three people said that he could be an elite bullfighter, which is uh, not the nicest thing to say, I suppose. Somebody said that he's not I- Isaiah Wilson. Four people said that, which that's true, could always be worse. Four people said that he made it to the NFL. Four said that he helped get the 11th pick in the draft, which is true. Four people said that he's a great money guy, making a lot of money for not a lot of skill, for sure. Five people said that he did his best. He really tried out there. Ten people said that he was reliably available, which is probably the the most correct, nice thing you can say. For all of his faults, and boy, oh boy, were there many. He was out there all the time. I don't know if fa- maybe fans were hoping he would be one of, like, if somebody has to get hard on this team, please, God, let it be Dennis Daly. Uh, but never did. Very durable guy, resilient guy. Twelve people said no. They just would. They refused to say something nice. 12 people said that he helped defenders pad their stats, which is definitely true. 12 people said that he's a good looking fella and looks the part out there. Sure looks like a tackle. No no doubt. He looks the part. He just does not look the part when he's trying to do the part. Uh 13 people said that they cannot say something nice. And then 17 people said that they are happy. He is no longer a Titan. I found that funny. Um those are good answers, I think, JT. Those are those are some solid responses. Um, and with that, we've I've successfully vamped about ten minutes of the show. Let's spend another ten minutes talking about some Titans news and then get out of here. What do you say?
1: Yeah, sounds good with me.
0: All right, so we got to start with D Hop, right? That's the number one topic of the day. Um, so, if if you would not mind, I think the biggest thing came out yesterday. Some some Vegas movement on the D Hop front.
1: Yes. Yeah, so the lines yesterday, which. Uh, by the way, I found out that you cannot place any, these are not available in the Tennessee area. So on Wait, all really? the sports books. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot oh. bet on this, on this, um, you can see the line. Prompt. You may not in the state of Tennessee put down well, your no, hard-earned I, no, I money think, on this. I think that, I think that was the thing. Most people are like, where are you seeing this? And it's because it's just not available in Tennessee. It's uh, not even listed on the sports books, but okay DeAndre Hopkins odds of where he was going to sign on a lot of the sports books most notably DraftKings mm-hmm. went skyrocketing up or down I should say to down, minus yes. 300 as from, the clear favorite from where from I, I think believe it was 500 I think it was, right plus 500 yes, plus 500 so about an 800 point down. swing that's yes. uh,
0: overnight is a big deal um and a lot of people making a lot uh, a lot has been made of this what what are your thoughts? I, I kind of like it's interesting for sure. I think it is particularly interesting because it comes directly on the heels of the next day after we saw Michael Lombardi on the GM Shuffle, which is on the Draft Kings Network, where they create sports content in order to promote their sports book. He he goes on and has that semi-viral clip that went around Twitter earlier this week about how he thinks that the Titans are probably the most likely landing spot for D hop at this point, because they've been the most aggressive. He thinks that's where he's going to find the most money. If that's what he's most interested in. And Mike Vrabel has been like really bought into the, to the circumstances. So I kind of see it as a direct like response, like a cause and effect to there. Do you think that there's more to it than that?
1: Um, I personally know, I think we've okay, seen a lot either. of this I, I think I think this is nothing to read into, yeah. uh, more than a business looking to make more money. I think we've seen this we've we've honestly seen this more and more. you can go back to the i I was reading into a story on the NBA draft with a popular yeah. nBA insider Shams who kind of put out mm-hmm. there that Brandon Miller or not Brandon Miller, but scoot henderson scoot henderson was now the clear front running favorite to be the second overall pick to the Charlotte Hornets. And so FanDuel right. had like the had day of
0: the draft, right? I think that was the a tweet, draft. The so day of the draft. the
1: lines drastically changed and he ended up in, <laughs> lo in and, ended, and lo and behold, it was Brandon Miller <laughs> the entire time. And if there's more yeah. people dig into it, you find out that Shams has a, a t- show on FanDuel TV. He's, so he is, you know, is it's
0: contracted by them exactly and, and, and so it's kind of
1: sus there like is he
0: it is. like is where's the line between reporter and content creator and when you're working yeah, for the now, sports book now, yeah. yeah
1: i i don't think michael lombardi this is not like a report or no, anything he was just asked a, no. a clear question but you can draw the parallels you can read through that and at the end of the day it's a business trying to make money now personally i if you're looking to bet this i would never bet any like line like this of where a player should go or anything like I that i
0: wouldn't bet where um, a player is going to go just in general because like yeah. with smart with smart sports betting which we are when I mean, we do a lot of on this show not to pat ourselves on the <laughs> back too hard but i mean we we're pretty good at it um like there's a lot there's a science to it right like we it's supporting evidence you're creating a case like a like a trial lawyer with, with guessing where a guy's going to go, it's like playing roulette. Like, you, it's really yeah. just luck. There's no science to it.
1: It really, and, and it really is.
0: Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say is I'm pretty sure of the top teams on the list of where Hop's going to go. Like, is it going to be New England? Is it going to be the Titans? Is it going to be Cleveland? Is it going to be the Panthers? Is it going to be Kansas City? Is it going to be Buffalo? I think we've seen all six of those teams at one point or another this summer be the minus, you know, minus money plus money odds at some point. Um, and it's just kind of been a, so. a rotating yeah. carousel, right? And the Titans just happened to be at the front now, but two weeks ago, we spent like a week or two with new England being like minus 500 favorites. I do yeah. think that the moment, like the, at least the narrative momentum is shifting towards we, we on this show have been on a real roller coaster with the hop. Cause at the very outset of this, it's like, I just, I don't think they're going to be interested. And then, Oh, I think they are kind of a lot interested. And then like a week or two ago, we were like, I kind of think that was fool's gold. And now it, we're like the kombucha girl, you know, that that uh, GIF where she's like she drinks it and she's like, mm, ah, no, ah, that's yeah. that's what the D hop situation is on this show. But like I, we've I, never
1: I, been we've never been like wildly making a take. I feel like it's we've going always, to happen. Like, I'm
0: so confident. I,
1: yeah. I, I feel like like I heard Jared Stillman yesterday be like. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a Titan. That is my final take. And I was like, I'm so glad I don't have to go out there and make these takes because I feel like on this show it's his his
0: job. You see, to say outlandish, definitive things to get you to be upset. So like naturally, the clown has to do the. But I feel
1: like. I feel like our like we have always been on this show that it is a twenty to maybe twenty like anywhere between fifteen percent and twenty five percent probability. Sure, that that DeAndre Hopkins, is, I I don't think we've ever strayed, but I think the bottom line uh, to get back to the odds of this is that right. yes, the momentum is kind of the narrative momentum is kind of peaking once again at a good time i would say unless casey makes a chris jones signing and money gets put around and then they become the clear favorites right at the at the at the buzzer but well, like the, the momentum that, is Pe- going people the right think way like
0: oh the chris jones signing it's going to create cap space the problem and zach lyons over at stacking the inbox and uh, a football show and football and other efforts he's done a good job of, of making this clear this week and it's true it's less about them needing cap space and much more about them needing the liquidity of cash right now, like cash on hand to put in his pocket. The, the, the Kansas City Chiefs and the hunt family, they don't, they don't really have that right now. That's yes. the issue with them. They don't have cash to give. So I, 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 can I update my like percentages on that? Cause I do think, sure. I do think it's increased at this point, not because I'm more confident he'll be a Titan, but more because I think when we said about 20, like maybe a, a one fourth chance, he's a Titan about two or three weeks ago. That was because I just figured a lot would change between then. And when I expected him to look to sign around training camp, which we're getting very close to less than two weeks now, uh, now that we're close, like we're, you know, we're here almost. I think that the situation has kind of come into focus a little bit for me. A- and personally, I think if you were to say odds, like odds, he signs with the Titans or the Patriots versus the field, I would say he's a Titan or a Patriot this season like 75 to 80% likely. Like I think there's a 75 to 80% chance he's on one of those two teams and a 20-ish percent chance he's somewhere else. That being – so within that framework, I think that there's – it's kind of a coin flip to me. Like maybe the Titans have a slight edge, like 45, 35. So like I'd say the Titans right now maybe have like a 40 to 45% chance, maybe a 50% chance they land DeHop. That's really as high as I'm willing to go before he signs a paper somewhere, like sign yes. a contract with DeAndre um is i that think i would of, yeah we're
1: thinking i think i think so i'd probably give it like a 70 percent chance that we see deandre hopkins at nissan stadium late august for the third preseason game i exactly yes that, 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 that that's my take
0: there's a much more likely <laughs> so, more likely than not he will be a member of the patriots or the titans in that week three preseason game which team yes Flip a coin, but I don't know. Yep. Um, right now, I'd say probably the Titans are leading narratively, but I, two weeks ago, I'd say the Patriots are, and I could tell you a week from now, it could easily be the Patriots again. Who knows? Okay. Um, I, I do also. Before we move on from D Hop, I've seen a couple people as that new as that uh, odd shift odds line moved. That news came out. A lot of national folks in fantasy media, in you know national NFL media. Um, they were dismayed with the idea, like, please, there's a lot of please not, not let this be true. I, I don't want him to be in Tennessee for a number of reasons. I saw one person being upset because they, they, in their dynasty leagues, or I guess they were, they're, they're a fantasy guru. They advise a lot of people on these things. They, they want to be right. Um, naturally. Sure. They've been really advising folks like, Hey, great dynasty sleepers. She could conquer and Burks. He's like that might kind of torpedo that, which I can understand that being frustrating. Personally, I kind of think that's not going to be the case. I think that if D Hop comes here, those two are still going to get theirs. I mean, less, but I, I don't think that that I don't think whether Chikanku has a, a breakout season or is a fine tight end hinges on whether DeAndre Hopkins is on this team. I really don't. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that they're going to try to use D Hop if and when they sign him as that wide receiver one B slash wide receiver two. let trail on continue to progress and just maybe kind of as a trail in, we want you to be the one D hops. He's going to be your training wheels. You know, he's going to take a little bit of the heat off you this first season, first full season being the one we'll let you kind of get acclimated to it. And then from there, the idea is you can take over and be the one um, going forward. Um, Does that, you have thoughts on that?
1: I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I'd be a liar if I said I didn't see a lot of this of this fantasy guru, guru things going around, and it's really just it's really funny to me because I feel like there are like two shows that I listen to that I feel like I'd accurately like give like value to that if they were saying something about the Titans and D Hop's sure. impact because I feel like nobody else really pays attention to what's going on here. So like, oh, I know they don't. <laughs> so but know for a fact, they do not. Yeah, I think. I think it, It to be honest, I feel like it probably would impact Kyle Phillips um, volume more than it would actually impact Traylon Burks. I think, right. Burks. Um, yeah, I think down, see, down the wide receiver
0: we, depth chart, that's where it's going to feel the most.
1: Yeah, I mean, because fa- fantasy okay. wise, I feel like we've, we saw a little bit in a very, very small sample size that I feel like Traylon Burks would become the marquee. Hollywood Brown to D hop at, in this Tennessee Titans offense. Now, mm. what does that do to guys like Kyle Phillips and Chris Moore? I I, I don't know, but we it saw, I mean, them down. Yeah. It, it shoves them down. So as we've been saying, Kyle Phillips can be great. all Great. This entire off season, probably not going to get as much volume as, as he would have, which is not a sure. terrible thing because he has not proven to stay on the field. So maybe, um, not Asking him to do everything or at might the very be, least. You don't you don't live him. or
0: die by Kyle Phillips anymore. You don't have yeah. to have it, right? But yeah.
1: before, I mean, to say that Chicago is not going to still get his cut is pretty Blashamy. crazy to me. Um, because before Zach Ertz tore his ACL last season, he was a top eight fantasy tight end. Like he was still yep. putting up fourteen to fifteen points a game. So uh, it, I don't really buy into a bunch of that.
0: No, I agree. The other thing that I've seen a lot of people say is like trying to warn D hop through the digital media. Don't, don't fall for it. D hop. (laughs) You're going to become the next Julio Jones, Randy Moss, Andre Johnson, former Titans washed King. Um, And that's how you're going to be remembered at the end of your career. Don't, don't go to that elephant graveyard, which from a national perspective, I can understand. Um, Like again, from like a baby pool, shallow level of understanding of the Titans, but there, we And we've talked about this before. There's a pretty significant difference between just, just the most recent guys, right, in Julio Jones, who was the only guy on that list that you can really accurately compare. Because, like, Randy Moss, do we want to go back and look at the situation he had around him? Like, who was throwing the football to him? How old he was? Where he was at in his career? what Like, what kind of season he was coming off of? Like, dude was for sure, like, it was done. It was over. It was GG's just the Tennessee Titans wanted to have him because he's Randy Moss, right? Naturally, you just put him on the team. Um, Kind of the same deal with Andre Johnson, former Texans. Great. Definitely was pretty washed up by that point. You could tell in that season with the Titans, like he just, you know, he had given up as well. Like it was over with Julio. That wasn't really the case. And he's the only guy you can accurately compare because he was in this, you know, in this system under Mike Vrabel with Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball, a lot of the same ish, same ish pieces around him. and, um, the way that I look back on the the Julio situation is less that the Titans have made a mistake of bringing him in for his ability. Um, you know, like like when he I think back to that Seattle game in week two. I think back to um a handful of other games, but that was really the only complete game we saw from Julio. That's when AJ Brown was out. I forget for what reason, but Julio kind of ran the show. I think he had off the top of my head 128 yards um and and a touchdown. In that game on like 10 or 11, 8, eight 9, 10, 11 receptions, something like that. Very solid wide receiver one game from Julio Jones. And we saw flashes of that throughout the season when he was on the field. The problem is was he was never on the field, right? Like he just could not stay healthy. Those 32, 33-year-old hamstrings, once they go, they go. That's just the way that it works. With DeAndre Hopkins, th- that's not really – we've not seen that from him. Last year he came back – He missed time due to a PED suspension, obviously in the first half of the season. Then, when he came back, he was on pace for a fourteen hundred yard season as a receiver and was the bona fide one in that offense. Then missed a couple games to injury at the end of the year, which, again, I'm not in that. We're not in that room. Like we have to make guesses on this, but it sure seemed like, and the things you hear about, make it definitely seem like the Cardinal season was over. He was just, you know, kind of phoning it in for the rest of the season, like just going to, you know, not going to push it. Um, he probably could have played in some, if not all of that time that he missed at the very end of the season, but it was over. So what's the point? He's a veteran. He's trying to continue the longevity of his career and, and not do anything stupid. So I really, and he's had one or two major injuries in like a decade of playing. So the situation is just different to me. I think that in our, our buddy, Sean Calderon, um, who's written and done some stuff of the Broadway in the past? He tweeted out earlier today. The Bernie Sanders. I am once again asking you to stop comparing the Andre Johnson and Randy Moss situations to DeAndre Hopkins. It makes no effing sense. If you want to bring up Julio, fine. But are the Titans supposed to just stop trying because it didn't work with one guy? Which is a fair point in my opinion. JT, what say you?
1: I think so. I mean,
0: I think, I, I think different.
1: I think it's different, and I think the Julio kind of ordeal um is a lot different because of how he was acquired i think has mm. to play a factor into it yeah. as well like you were directly giving up capital and taking on a bad contract that you were still kind of uh paying for versus kind of setting your own terms and not giving up any capital for a guy who probably is still has more to give than Julio Jones Um, Right. Personally. So I think I think all of that just kind of combines into making the Julio Jones topic just a very hot commodity and that there was just so many things that just went wrong with the situation that I mean, it's fair to say, but like, yeah, I would not put the precedent of a 75 year old um, Andre Johnson or. (laughs) a <laughs> um, 75 year old yeah that's yeah, about how old yeah that's about what it was super, they're just super old uh yeah. or randy moss uh mm-hmm. on this situation
0: i also think the last thing on this if you read the tea leaves and you know this because you you've been a, a falcons fan for part of your life like when julio was headed out of atlanta there was a lot of falcons insiders falcons fans that were like good luck titans with that guy like he's not he's never gonna he's never gonna be on the field like we've we have seen this, and it's only getting worse at the end a of his fourth, career. A Atlanta. fourth round
1: pick for Felt like Julio at that time. Highway was a steal. robbery. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was very yeah, it was with interesting. DeAndre.
0: Time. First of all, the reason they're moving off of him is because of the contract and the situation from that team, where they're tearing it down to the studs. They're starting over. They're going to be no good. Um, and you've heard some from Cardinals fans on you know message boards and in, insiders on Twitter and all of these things. They they talk a lot about like, well, he's not going to practice much. That's really the only knock that I have heard. Like, he doesn't like, you know, I don't think he likes to practice. It's going to get annoying. He's going to, you know, he's going to, he might be on the injury report as, as a limited participant all week long for most weeks. But they're not saying that he wasn't a productive player on Sundays because he was a productive player on Sundays. That's not really a gripe. Whereas with Julio, that was kind of the situation. All right, let's move on. Um, Right before we recorded today's show, JT, you let me know. I, I missed this. Quentin Williams up in New York with the Jets, a future star of hard knocks, by the way, hilarious that they're forcing the Jets to do that. Can't wait for Aaron Rodgers to be forced to do that and tell us all about ayahuasca and how nine 11 wasn't real. Um, he got his contract. Can you, do you have the details of that pulled up?
1: Yeah, I do. So at least the con, the details that we know right now, Ian Raff report about, I want to say about 20 minutes ago or so, um, tweeted out that the Jets and all pro defensive tackle Quinn and Williams agreed to terms on a four year 96 million mega deal, the largest second contract ever for a defensive tackle. Sources say Williams gets 66 million in guarantees in the deal negotiated by his agent, Nicole Lynn.
0: Yeah. And this is just the only reason I bring it up is because you, that directly is in contrast with the Jeffrey Simmons contract. The Titans got done. Earlier this season, this boys and girls is why you want to sign your stars earlier on in the offseason cycle than later because you'd prefer to set the market than to have to reset the market like the Jets had to do with Williams. Both of those guys were the number one and number two big interior defensive linemen coming into this offseason that needed new contracts with Jeffrey Simmons. He his contract, ninety four million dollars, sixty six million dollars guarantee. So remind me, is that the same as what Quinnen got in terms of guarantees?
1: Uh, he had, yeah, he had 66 million guaranteed. Okay, so both have um,
0: 66 guaranteed. Williams has a two million dollars more on his total contract just to get that title, second highest, you know, the highest if we forget Aaron Donald exists contract for a defensive tackle. So good for him. The Jets needed to do it. God knows the last thing you know, what's worse than having a contract dispute in August with a star? Having it on hard knocks while you do it. That's, that's, that's yes. not what you want to do. Um, I wonder if that played any role in it. Like if they were like, we'll slow play this. We don't need them at training camp. We'll see. And then the NFL is like, hey, by the way, you have to do hard knocks. And they just scramble like, oh, God, please. No, we can't. I'm, we're not talking about this for a month on hard knocks on HBO. Um, last thing before we get out of here, JT. We are once again going to become the Warren Sharp Reed podcast um, because Warren Sharp is continuing to put out. Bits and pieces, little nuggets of information from his fantastic uh, season preview book where he does all of this data and analytics and research and uh, compiling stats and uh, framing things in a way that makes sense for us. He put out a list on Twitter earlier today ranking the offensive lines in the NFL 1 through 32 and then uh, a link to an article where he breaks down his reasoning and the uh, data and statistics behind his list unshockingly the Tennessee Titans offensive line falls at number 32 of 32, all the way at the bottom of the list behind teams like the Rams at 31, the commanders, the bucks, the Jaguars, I think might surprise some people all the way down at 28 other AFC South folks on this list. Let's see. You've got the Colts at 18 right there at average, slightly below average and the Texans right behind them at 19. Again, average, slightly below average. Although I'd, I'd say I'm kind of bullish on the Texans offensive line this year. I think that they may, Kind of rounded a form. I think they got the ingredients. At least we'll see if it makes a delicious offensive line uh, pie. If not, it will just be classic Texans. I, all I have to say on that is this: like people are talking about it, like oh, this is unbelievable. Titans offensive line is going to be bad again. As if it's it's just funny to me when people see this and, and they act like their opinion of the line is going to change this year based on what one person said. On July 13th, like, well, if Warren said they're going to be the worst, I'd been here and they were going to be way better. I guess there's just they're just going to be the worst. My response is like when the only known ish quantity on your offensive line in Nicholas Petit Freer gets suspended for six games and the rest of the offensive line, while they're all varying levels of promising, which we've talked about at depth on this show. They are, in fact, all just projections until we actually see it on the field. Like, yeah. That's how it's gonna work. You're gonna be at the bottom. Like we don't, the, the, you don't have any known quantity on this offensive line to start the year. You don't have any known chemistry. You got a brand new guys across the board, plus a brand new young offensive line coach. Where is he supposed to put them on the list? Where? I, mean, I don't. I don't.
1: I, I think that's I, the correct I would say, place for now. And yeah, then you I would say, hey, at least you got top thirty-two, right?
0: <laughs> top thirty-two. <laughs> is one way to frame it. All right, that is going to wrap it up for our incredibly ragtag episode. The bad news is this episode, was I mean, we we really just had to pull it together um, and, and make it out of bits and pieces like a horrible quilt that your grandmother makes for you. And you're like, thanks. So this is us, Grandma Hot Read Podcast, giving you this quilt and please pretend to enjoy it. Socks good- for Christmas. Th- this is socks for Christmas. The good news is, people, we JT and I were looking at the schedule before we record this episode. I'm relatively positive that this is going to be the last questionable substance episode before like next May. I think that we have either plans for or are just going to have, you know, regular season content to dive into at length starting on Monday all the way through until. The end of the season and through the end of the draft season, really, when we when the show becomes kind of a different situation. So excited about that! Can't wait. Like you said, twelve days until OTAs. Just a couple things here at the end before we go. In case anybody has just you know not been listening to the show, just tuning in for the first time after taking some summer break from the show, we have got a partnership with Zen Sportsbook, the newest sportsbook here in the state of Tennessee, and we've done a lot of research and talking to the folks over there really fond of what they're doing. They have this philosophy that they think that what most sports books do with their free bets or matching your free bets or, you know, 100, uh, matching up to a hundred bucks on your first hundred dollar bet or cash back on your first bet. No matter what, if you win or lose, they think it's silly and they're right. Like as seasoned betters, like we are JT, we know that those are funny money promises. They, they are free bets and vouchers and cash back that is not actually money in your pocket. It's like, Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Like you can, here's your value back, but you have to spend it on us. So good luck. That's not what Zen Sportsbook's doing. They are doing 5% cash back. And when I say cash back, I mean you have a bank account style wallet within the app that you create when you sign up that is kind of like a crypto or a stock exchange wallet. It's not to scare people off. It's not a crypto wallet. It's it's similar in that way to like a stock exchange wallet where you have an account with them that you can cash in and cash out of. Whenever you choose, and they are doing when you sign up with our code, when you sign up, you got a referral code. That's when you want to put in our code, hot pod, H O T P O D. You put in code hot pod, and that is how you get 5% welcome back cash bonus in your pocket. And JT, you don't have to win the bets. It's on your betting volume. So win or lose, you're getting that 5% cash back. Welcome bonus for the first 15 days. After that is the, is the bonus over no, then you get 3% cash back until you're dead and gone. And, and your relatives now run your account and then they can get 3% cash back. That's what they're doing for you over at Zen Sportsbook. When you sign up using code HOTPOD, H-O-T-P-O-D. We like the people over there. We like the product that they've got. And we love that they are putting cash back in your pockets, not making these phony, hollow, funny money promises um, to encourage you to come sign up so check them out zen Sportsbook. they're on the apple store they're on google um the, the google store the, the google play store android you're going to find the app whatever mobile device or computer you use zen Sportsbook code hot pod h-o-t-p-o-d with that jt we will bid adieu to our friends and fans we'll talk to you guys on monday potentially doing one of our AFC South roundup shows. If not, that'll be on Thursday. And then on Monday, we'll do something different that I've got planned on the back burner here that I think is an interesting topic. Until then, for producer JTM, your host, Easton Freeze, this has been the Hot Read Podcast. Cannot wait. Football season is right around the corner. We'll talk to you on Monday.